So uh, I think we planned on today, for those people who are watching who might not know, we planned on uh, talking about fatherhood because you and I have recently entered that, that world. Um, yes. So uh, you had Elijah, I had Esther. Yep. And well, how long has it been now? Uh, Elijah will be three weeks. Uh, no, today's Friday. So three weeks and one day. And Esther will be three weeks and four days. That's right. Because we didn't plan it for anyone who thinks that perhaps <laughs> we, were, we were planning. Um, so clearly you and I are experts now that we've had children uh, <laughs> to talk about fatherhood. Um, no, we, three weeks. Yeah, no, we thought uh, we weren't going to talk as we like talked about this before we were, you know, did this. We were thinking what we would do is, um, I guess, reflect on what we have been feeling as new dads and particularly what we've been feeling um, regarding God's fatherhood um, over our, uh, over us. Um, and so, yeah, we thought we'd have a chat about that. Um, and we already have briefly kind of talked about that. Um, mm. So, yeah, I guess over this past three weeks, what's been striking you um, as a new dad, um, thinking about your heavenly dad? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because like you grow up reading the Bible and there's a lot of metaphors that the Bible uses. Like throughout, throughout the Bible, there's a lot of metaphors that the Bible uses. So whether it's God as father, God as judge, um, you know, when it talks about the law, there's obviously a like legal metaphor that's there. Uh, there's a lot of metaphors. And I guess this has been like stepping into a metaphor more fully. Like before you'd read these passages and you'd be like, well, I have a dad. And like, so part of the metaphor you can engage in whereas now like you can you know you engage them in a different side obviously still very new to the fatherhood business and i imagine in 25 years there'll be even more sort of insights but yeah it's crazy you look at i guess for me um you know you look at elijah and you're like hmm i wonder what ways right now I'm viewing him that God has also viewed me in like throughout my life and like continues to. And also like the emotions that you have, the thoughts that you have, the feelings that you have, I guess you realize if I feel this way towards him, how much more does God feel that way towards me? So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, there's new things that sort of strike, strike every, every day as, just this crazy, crazy little human being who's just a little neurological primitive, just being a cutie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, as you said, the Bible kind of talks about this metaphor of God being father. Since you've been a father, do you think, well, how, how much does that strike you uh, and like, what does that actually even mean to you uh, thinking about God being your father now that you're starting to take on that role? Um, what yeah. things have you found yourself reflecting on, if anything? Well, I guess, I guess the first and like most obvious thing is just the love, right? Like so often the love that God has for us is described as a father's love for his children. Um, 
recurrent thing throughout um, throughout Scripture, especially in what Jesus says and, and in Jesus's teachings. And you know, you the classic um, or the the this, the words of Jesus that might spring to mind is, you know, when he talks about God's your heavenly father, which of you was like a, a wicked guy, in other words, just a person with their own shortcomings and limitations. You know, you know how to give your kids good gifts. If your kid asks for a, um, a loaf of bread, are you going to give them a snake? No, not at all. So like love is the thing that springs to mind. And yeah, like there's no just when you look at him in his vulnerability and who he is, especially like the, the first morning that he was born, um, there's no words to describe that feeling of love. Like no matter what he would do, no matter, you know, and I know, well, I, I presume that at one point throughout his life, he's going to, say he hates me he's gonna say he hates his mother he's gonna um you know be a a little rebellious guy and and who knows what other challenges and difficulties we'll have but like there's just this unshakable thing like i love you like no matter what happens i love you and like i'm here to care for you um and that's a feeling that i've never had like you, you know you you love your partner but it's a different sort of love like this is a whole different sort of love. Yeah. Um, and, and then you realize that, you know, God feels that way towards me, towards us. Yeah. I was used to hearing people kind of talk about that beforehand. Like you'll love your kids more than you'll ever like imagine <laughs> more than you'll ever know. And you know, you'll, you know, you like all this language of like just flowery love towards children that, you know, you're like, okay, sure. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you do have them and it becomes real, but it becomes real. Like, I think the surreal thing about love for your child is that they, you don't know them and they <laughs> don't know you and they've done nothing to deserve your love. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like, you know, before I loved my wife, I got to know her. Yeah. I was kind of like very cautious about like committing and like, you know, stepping into a, a serious, deep and intimate relationship. And, and, and then, you know, when I was sure I kind of like dove, dove headfirst into it, but like, you know, I was very cautious about it with, with our parents, you know, like we love them, but that's based on like a, a lifetime's worth of yes. experience and, and stuff. And then all of a sudden you have this kid and you just see them and you just love them um, and you would do anything for them. And I think, you know, like, what does it mean? Because I think going through this, it has made me reflect a lot about, like, what does love mean? Because, and particularly, like, as a Christian, when we say God loves us, um, and particularly God loves us as a father loves his child, um, what does that mean? Because, like, I, I really don't think, we grasp that truly like so what do you reckon well it's a it's a really interesting thing you touched on like comparing the way in which you love your wife or like the origin of it compared to your daughter Mm -hmm. because you're right like when you love when you love your wife 
there's um, there's something you admire about them, you respect about them, and then that attraction builds. And then as your relationship grows, you learn to trust them more, to admire them more, to respect them more, to appreciate them more. You have more and more affection, more and more friendship, and your love just sort of builds. And it is, it's you know, it's obviously it it is the commitment that you make on your marriage day, that's unconditional love that you make, but it's very much based on like what's happened. And the same thing, like I still remember as a little kid, when you think about your parents, you say, my goodness, mum and dad do so much for me. They've given up so much for me. I really should appreciate and love them. But you're right with this baby. They're <laughs> all, you know, they sleep, they poo and they eat and, and they haven't done anything else to make me love them. Well, they disturb, they disturb your sleep too. So they do everything they can to make you not love them. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's really like, I've just realized that now as you're talking, you love them because like they exist as an object of your love. Like you and your wife, you made them like you and your wife made them as an expression of your love. And now they're here and your natural thing is just to love them and to care for them. And it's crazy because that's exactly the biblical language about God. Yeah. That he, God is love. And in his like eternity, in his Trinity, he just said, I'm going to just create human beings to love. So mm. it's actually like, it's actually crazy that, that it exactly mirrors like what parenthood is. Mm. Um, there's no reason that God should have loved Adam and Eve when he made them, but he made them. And so he loved them. Hmm. And, and I, it takes the unconditional idea to like a whole new level. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. The fact that, you know, I mean, you know, you, scriptures like, um, you know, Christ, uh, God shows his love in us uh, in this, that he, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it's like the idea of this, yeah, unconditional love, despite, despite anything that we could ever do to earn or deserve, um, mm. God's love just is for us. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. it just is. Um, yeah. and it's grounded in this, uh, and, and there's little Elijah going on. <laughs> um, He's trying to do a poop. It's okay. Dude, well done, Elijah. That's proud of you. <laughs> Uncle's proud of you too. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that unconditional nature. I don't really think you truly, fully appreciate it until you do start to see it a little bit with your own eyes. Um, and I think the other element to it all, as well, is like. So I can't really like demonstrate my love to my daughter right now, other than like taking care of her yeah but um this overwhelming desire to provide and to protect and to just you know to be present and to yeah like i think that's the other element of god's love is that you know a lot of people will like accuse god if you are so loving you know why yeah. don't you do this and you know whatever else and it's like well you know God's love, just like a parent's love, you know, it, it doesn't always manifest in, you know, the way that you would want or the way that you might expect. It, it just can manifest just simply from presence and, and from uh, like, protect, you know, this strong desire to protect and to provide and all these kinds of things. Have you, like, has that been anything that you've... Well, well, yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. It, like, because I guess what you're touching on is the idea that, 
um, that we cannot understand God's expression of love towards us. Mm. And I guess like for me, <laughs> the thing that makes that very tangible. So, you know, my wife's breastfeeding um, and overnight I'm, I'm one of those sort of lucky but unlucky people in that I will sleep through a fire alarm. Like when he cries, I don't wake up. So I can't really, you know, cuddle him overnight. I can't really feed him. One of the main ways that I sort of express my care and love towards him is by changing his nappy. And like when I'm awake, I try and be the primary person who changes his nappy. It's my thing. I'm the nappy changer. Um, he does not feel loved when I'm changing his nappy. When I take his warm nappy off and he's exposed to the cold and then I'm firmly pressing a damp water wipe onto his, <laughs> onto his nether regions. Um, he is not feeling the love. He does not understand what's going on or why it's necessary or what I'm doing for him or, or what I'm thinking while I'm doing it. Mm. But yet what is there is, is my love and care that I'm trying to express to him. So I guess like in the exact same way, I guess what I reflect is what are the things that God's doing that I don't interpret as, as his loving care and provision, but actually is. Hmm. And that's a, yeah. that's a crazy thought. I'm, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, that's actually a really uh, good segue into something that I've been thinking about a lot. And that is God's timing. Um, and I think one of the things I've been reflecting more and more about these past few weeks has been, it, you know, when, when Esther is fussing and she's hungry um, and mum is asleep and it's on dad to feed her, I got to go and get some uh, breast milk that's stored in the fridge. And, um, uh, you know, I could give it to her cold, but I've tried that before and she doesn't like it. She <laughs> makes a grimacing face and it's very funny. But um, so what I have to do is I have to warm it up and that'll take about three to five minutes to, to do that. Mm -hmm. So that process, that like three to five minutes, she's going nuts. She's going crazy. She's really unhappy. And, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of laughing at her distress, but I'm also like, it hurts me a little bit. I look at her, I'm like, geez, Louise, like, relax. Like, it's coming. It's yeah, coming. It's coming. <laughs> and, uh, in those moments at 4, 5, 6 a.m. in the morning where I'm doing this, it's made me realize, oh, my God, this is what I do with God. Um, uh, mm. So many times I think we want something or we ask for something and God is in, in the process of doing yeah. something, doing something that is the best for us, that we need, um, that we don't even realize we need. Um, mm. and and it's in his timing and in the waiting that um, that provision will come. Um, mm. uh, and we just throw a tantrum um, and we don't understand. And so I've, I've been reflecting a lot on, on God's timing in, in that, you know, any time I come before God um, with needs or wants, uh, I've got to, to kind of take it easy a little bit and kind of wait mm. on him and trust him. Um, hmm. uh, yeah. Um, have you, have you felt the same way or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's the same thing like, um, 
uh, like for example, uh, so we're we're giving him vitamin D in the hopes that um, in the, ho- the it might might reduce the risk of allergies and things like that. So we're giving him vitamin D. Doesn't get much sunlight, can't do any help. Um, and the way that I give him vitamin D is I just put it on my pinky. Uh, and I put my pinky in his mouth and he sucks and that way he imbibes all of the vitamin D. Mm. And yeah, the the really funny thing to me is that um, he makes this disgusted face. Like dad's finger is disgusting and this vitamin D is disgusting. But yet he continues to suck on it. Um, to the point where, like, he'll, you know, my my finger will come out and there's no trace of the vitamin D left. And I guess similar thing with Esther being impatient for the bottle, like, for him, the reason that he's doing that is he's just got a sucking reflex. <laughs> um, but but at the end of the day, he's he's doing something that may be beneficial for him and is, like, the right thing for him. It's, like, in the same way for us there'll be decisions that we make in life that may just seem like, well, this is the most easy thing or this is the most convenient thing or this is the only thing I can do or whatever. But actually there's like a sovereign plan that's, that's finding its way. And yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to timing as well. Like we, you know, often the decisions that we make are, you know, based on what, when it's based on what it's based on how, um, and we can have a lot of very fixed ideas about it, but exactly like you said, you know, there is there is a God who loves us, who um, who knows what's best for us. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I guess you know you were you were talking about like that essentially that is all about um, perspective, and you know <laughs> the the verse that came to mind Isaiah chapter fifty five verses eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways uh, your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Um, yeah, I think... And that's, a ve- and that's very real when you look at your yeah. little baby. They have no idea what's going on. They can barely see. They don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, like one thing that strikes me is that for Esther right now, the, the greatest thing in life is to just consume milk um, <laughs> and that is like the greatest thing ever and it will completely consume her attention and her desire and like anything like she'll just become a freaking monster until <laughs> it's just there and then she'll just like be oblivious to everything else um and uh like little does she know that she's got a little nursery that has been you know furnished with all this stuff and toys and books that dad has like curated just for her. <laughs> she doesn't know any of that and doesn't care about any of that well the good day, things that god has prepared for that's us. right exactly <laughs> and i think that you know the i think when the bible talks about the joy uh that god um you know uh um uh where is it uh um where it says jesus hold on let me have a look uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, um, uh, verse two, um, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning mm. shame scorning it shame. the right hand of the throne yeah. God. So yeah. the idea is that, yeah, that God, that Jesus had such things in store for us, um, mm. that he would endure like everything that he endured on the cross and, and, and on earth when he came 
for the joy that was going to come later on. And mm. like, yeah, you get glimpses of that when, when you, you hold them and you're woken up at 4 a.m. <laughs> or in your case, you're changing a dirty nappy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, is there anything that um, has kind of scared you about uh, or anything that you feel a disconnect towards uh, over this kind of like time, time period of being a dad? Mm. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the main thing, like you worry about them, like you worry, like certainly, you know, during the pregnancy, like, so, you know, with, as, as someone with a medical background, like during the pregnancy, you worry about the complications of pregnancy during the labor, you worry about the complications of labor. Then when he's born, you're worried about his health. Um, and then like, and now, you know, just looking at the, the months to come and his development and, and then the years to come, as he sort of said, like you, you know, you worry, you worry about your child. Like part of, I don't want to say part of love is worry, but I guess when, when you love something, you're invested, uh, you're emotionally invested in not just, okay, sorry. I've got a lot of ideas going on in my mind. I'm very, being very inarticulate. When you love a person, as opposed to like an animal or an object, you're not only interested in its good pleasure and like happiness, but you're also interested in the quality of that person's character and um, who they become. Mm. And like for, for little Elijah, like you're not just worried about his health and happiness, but you're also worried about, who he's who he's going to grow into like he's a baby now we're raising him to be a little five-year-old at prep and that five-year-old at prep we're raising to be a teenager and that teenager we're raising to be an adult mm. and really big picture we're raising this baby to be a man mm. um, and a man who'll be a good father one day and a good husband and a good member of society who um is you know used as a force for good and change in the world mm. um and that's a pretty like overwhelming, that's an overwhelming idea. Because mm. you yourself, you feel like I've barely got things together. Yeah. And now I'm supposed to provide care to this little human who has no idea what's going on. Um, so yeah, I guess like that's, that's the main thing. And uh, yeah. bringing it back to like the metaphor, like, wow, poor God, right? <laughs> like, like he feels that to every single member of humanity from the dawn of time and in general we do a pretty miserable job of being good kids <laughs> mm. yeah but i think i think from, yeah. the, from god's point of view yeah. i think that he like the thing that he's raising us towards is um not so much you know like good member of society or whatever even to though, be like jesus right yeah to be like jesus and yeah. and and the end goal of that is deeper relationship with him, like more intimacy yeah. with him. So like, and I can, I can relate with that a lot. Like as, as nice it is to, to like play with her cheeks right now and to see how cute she is and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. In the same way that you dread or like are, are fearful of the future, there's also like a little bit of a longing 
for the future yeah. too. Like there's a longing yeah. for um, to find out who she is and who yeah. she's going to become and to like engage with her in a deeper way and um, talk to her and hear her thoughts and, and, um, and like, yeah, just, just like discover more about who she is. And I think that that's totally something that God, um, yeah. and that's the language that we get in the Bible is that he, he, he wants intimacy. He wants depth of relationship. Um, oh. And I think maybe this is the point that we end off on, unless there's anything that you want to kind of add or, or say, but like, I think so many of us, when we, when we think about our Christian journey or our relationship with God, we think about it from this perspective of like, all right, I'm a Christian now. Uh, I'm not going to hell peace like done Uh, that's it and like you know hit the stop clock uh we'll see it we'll see in heaven kind of thing and like you know we won't read the bible we won't like talk to our father in heaven we won't uh you know be interested in what he has to say we won't be interested in developing um as a, a, a person who's made in him born again in him um and so we get this stunted growth and we don't really ever truly develop. Um, and the relationship is stagnant, um, as a result. And we never really experience the true depth and love, um, of that relationship and then what it brings into our lives and then what it transforms us into as well. Um, and I feel like that is probably one of the biggest problems of 21st century uh, Western Christianity is this idea of it's good enough to just be quote unquote saved. Um, and then that's the end. Um, but I think like when you do step into a relationship like parenthood, um, you realize there is so much more on the other side of the beginning of the relationship. And there's so much more to long for, um, with development and with growth. Um, and it, it's such a shame to not pursue that. Um, and, and I think it's ultimately maybe even a sin. Maybe it's a complete denial of being born in the first place because I don't really think you can just stagnate and not grow. You know? But yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, the idea like, so, you know, while, while we have all these dreams and hopes um, for, and, and like excitement at who our children are going to be, you know, at the same time, um, they might feel like, I guess I'm just trying to relate to how we might look at God and be scared of him mm. uh, in that, you know, we like, so that born again Christian, um, who's, you know, Christian in name. And then the idea of actually trying to pursue the sort of person that, god desires them to be and you know that that is hand in hand right with being relation in relationship with god god's one of those people you can't just have a relationship with as you are in the process of being in a relationship with him you're transformed to be more like jesus and the idea of engaging in that process is a very intimidating thing and people feel scared of god like no i don't think i can i don't think i can be close to god right now i don't think i can read the bible or pray right now because i did this and this this week and i did this and this yesterday um 
And I guess the mortifying thing is I would never want Elijah to be scared of me. Mm. Even though I, I have these big ideas of who I want him to be, um, not fixed ideas, but like just like broad yeah. stroke, you know, yeah, like, I, you know, it's not like I want him to be X, but I want him to be healthy and happy and fulfilled and like all these sorts of things. Um, but even though I want that, if he's ever struggling or having difficulties, I would never want him to try and hide from me or disengage from me. Because going back to our first point, all that's in my heart towards him is a well of unconditional love. And I'm like a broken, flawed person. And even then, I have a well of unconditional love towards him. Like no matter what he was going through, and you can name every bad thing. Like I'm always going to be there for him. I'm always going to want to be there to help him and still be in relationship with him no matter what state he's in. Um, and how much more does God feel like that towards us? And how little do we often understand that? So, yeah, I think that's a huge, huge, um, huge point that we need to understand that God's unconditional love should affect the way that we feel in, in coming towards him, which is no matter where we're at, we can come towards him and engage wherever we're at. It's a come as you are. as like, uh, And we see that in every step of Jesus's invitation to people, whether it's the Samaritan woman at the well or Zacchaeus, the tax collector, hiding up in the tree. Jesus was all about come as you are. Yeah. Come as you are and enjoy the ride. Um, yeah. and, and go go all in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think beautifully said. I guess uh, one more thing, a little bit unorthodox, and, and we'll still, like maybe wrap up with this, is um, uh, do you want to maybe say something to Elijah for the future? Um, and then like, but not just anything, think, think about what you think God might want to like, like from your experience now as a father, what might, <laughs> yeah, and maybe this is heretical, maybe this is like very egotistical, but, um, but like think about what, what God might want to say to his people, but like, you know, from the perspective of you as a dad telling your son Elijah, like, is there anything that you want to like tell him for his future? Um, I, well, I guess, I guess there too, it's hard to, to separate, like for me, the specifics of what I'd want to say to him is, you know, I love you very much and I'm already smitten with you and proud of you. Even when you just show me that you've got good neck control and you can <laughs> smile in your sleep and you're gentle with your mum, And I'm always going to love you and I'm always going to be proud of you. And I wish that you, as you grow up, discover more and more about God and about Jesus who loves you so much and that you just be in an amazing relationship with him your whole life. And I know that if you do that, everything else will fall into place and you're going to be an amazing man. And I can't wait to see the boy, the teenager, and the man that you grow into. I love you. That's what I would say. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, well how, about, how about you, Dad? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to <laughs> Um, I think what I would tell her, very similar to you, I would say, uh, dad loves you very, very much. Um, and mom loves you very, very much. Uh, that, um, yeah, I, I've never felt towards a person what I feel towards you. Um, uh, and 
that will never ever change. And to echo what your uncle John said, don't ever be afraid of love. Don't ever be afraid of uh, wholeheartedly, um, you know, pursuing relationships with your parents, but also pursuing that relationship with God because it will never let you down. Um, we will never let you know what we hope that and we pray and we will try our hardest to never let you down. And I know that God will never, ever let you down. So don't ever be afraid of pursuing those relationships with all that you have. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and let it transform you um, and enjoy the journey of that transformation.